I did not know love or friendship until I came here and found my crew of black women. These kind of relationships that get disturbed when we don't take the time to know what it is to say, to know how to Welcome, welcome. You back, man. Back at it. Back like trash. Trash. We have a guest today. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Clean beauty ambassador, mother. Nice. Business owner. Yep. Tractor driver. Tractor driver. Professional tractor driver. Track star. Yep. <laughs> yep. Healer of self. Mm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Just a great person, at least from what I've been able to see so far. Solid individual. Thank you. Hannah McCall. Welcome. In the flesh. Thank you for being here. Thank you for asking me to be here. I uh, was a little concerned that us reaching out would be like taking for trying to slide in somebody's DMs or something. So that's, a, that's, a, that's a tricky thing to do. It's a real tricky thing. As, yeah. a, as, a, as, a, as a fly, as fly brothers, yeah. reaching yeah. out to a fly sister. Yep, yep, in the you DMs. Know, in, the, in, the, in the DMs. But you never it, know how it's going to land. True. It landed. Yeah. I mean, good for you. I work in social media, so I kind of live in DMs for a different reason. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you, uh, how much times do you get DMs that you like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> so we got a ways to go. If you if you get if you had a number like eighty percent, I'll just say if Instagram could like you know you have like your primary messages, your general. If they could like just add a category of, well, trash yeah. to keep it on thing, and just put all those in there, that'd be cool. But I mean, yeah. sugar daddies are uh, are uh, active. Nice. In DMs. Nice. Yeah. So shout out to sugar daddies. Shout out sugar daddies. And, and, and uh, they must be successful, though. Yeah, Normally, you switch game up if it ain't working. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I really think, like, obviously, they're biting. I've considered it, especially the ones that are, like, <laughs> only it. dinner, just conversations. Like, well, that's, that's part of the game. So is there, <laughs> so I'm always curious about this. So there is, like, the ones that come out and be like, you know, hey, mama, how you doing? <laughs> it's them, right? But then there's also, hey, I would like to work with you. Under the guys uh, who get over there, he got on a you know a tank top and, some, and, a, and a house robe. And a we pipe. we call that slow walking, Hannah. Oh, what is that? Slow, slow walking. walking. And that is when you like have you, when you a man who has ulterior motives yeah. sells and, you on working or yeah, doing friendship, for you. Oh. photography. That's a good one. It's yeah. always the photographer. Yeah. And you know, okay. I want to collaborate. Okay. I didn't yeah. know there was a word. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Slow right. walk. That's the thing. We just gave away the game. Sorry. Yeah, my bad. No, I mean like I like that happens. Obviously, I'm aware. I just didn't know I could call it something. Yeah, call it yeah. call it slow walk. Yeah. yeah. So when you call when you call it no. You call it no. <laughs> call it no. Nah. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. No, please. No, <laughs> I remember my grandmother told me, you say yes, please, and no, please. And I was like, but Granny, that don't match. <laughs> You're supposed to say, because she, she wanted to say yes, please. And then she, you, you were supposed to say please after no. And I got a whooping that day. I kind of want to say no, please, no, though. Yeah, please, no. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. emphasizes the no. No, yeah. please. Mm -hmm. Yeah, social media is a wild place. Let's do it. So... 
Tune the Fork started mm -hmm. November 11th, 11-11-2020. Okay. Is when the entity known as Tune the Fork started. Okay. Started getting into social media. And your account was one of the very first accounts that I remember being recommended through the algorithm and actually looking on it and like saying to myself, wow, like she's saying things that I would say that I want to say and didn't really know how to do that at the time because the whole process of just social media presenting this idea of self-help, accountability, whatever all of that transparency, whatever the term is for it, you were doing it. And I remember saying like, wow, and I reached out to you. I was like, wow, I just got recommended this. I really like what you're saying and how you're saying it, it aligns. And you were like, oh, thank you so much for the compliment. And then that was it. Mm -hmm. And this was early 2021, I think, somewhere around there after I had finally gotten on and opened the accounts and stuff. And so um, thank you for existing and oh. just, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever said something like that. <laughs> and, 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 and showing up. Thank you. Every day. Because I feel like, a, not only do I feel like you're talking to people, but I feel like you're talking to yourself. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. And, yeah, and, that's, and uh, I get that. That's the thing, though. That's that's Because a lot of people that talk to people, but, you know, you, you immediately hear, hear the difference and feel the difference when you see someone that's talking to themselves, too. There's a lot more authenticity out there. Yeah, exactly. So tell us, I know where I want to go, but I want to see what you're <laughs> going to start with. Okay. Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Mm. Or a lot of bit, whatever you feel um, sharing. I mean, on the vein of what you're saying with my social media, that was born out of a place of necessity and learning the term inner child. Mm, okay. Because, and that's like, if for me to tell you about Hannah, I have to tell you that I'm constantly in a relationship with my inner child. That's how I operate in the world. That's how I operate kind of in everything I do because of my upbringing and being the only and not having, my mother obviously loves me with every fiber of her being, but as a white woman married to a white man, there was a lot of things emotionally and conversationally she should she could not give me. Mm -hmm. So it took me, I mean, I will be 38 next week, but uh, it took me about 37 years to look at myself and be like, man, can I swear? Oh. Yeah. Okay, you are fucking worthy. Like, your value is high. Like, roll with that. But that came from that place of, like, always looking at myself and my thoughts and being like, what does little Hannah need right now? So then I can operate from that space. Yeah. That's wild because I I just recently, well, recently, last year, I think since we started doing this, started to think about that inner child and started to, like, recognize what that inner child has gone through and how it surfaces in a lot of things that kind of, go through the day, and I started to, like, when I hear, like, songs, because I've told, I don't know if I told you that, uh, like, love songs, mm -hmm. right? I kind of 
direct it to my inner child mm. right? and talk about how much I love him and, and how great you are. And yeah. you sing love song, you talk about how someone is, how great and lovely and, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and that sort of makes me feel better in those weird times. So that's deep. I'm glad you said that because I think <clears throat> we misconstrue what love looks like in our lives. Right. So when we give ourselves that love, I think we can receive it in the myriad of ways that it is around us. Yeah. It's like, why does a love song just have to be about a significant other? Exactly. Yeah, That's exactly. Not true. That's the, the biggest sources of love in my life are generally not coming from a significant other. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, that's I like that. Yeah. I'm gonna try to sing to my inner child. Try it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna sound <laughs> wild at first, but then you'll be like, oh, this makes sense. Um, where are you from? Iowa. I can never say that with conviction because I don't ever want to go back. Uh, <laughs> Iowa's a state for all our, all seven of the listeners. Unfortunately, it's, it's a, a state in the Midwest. It's an important state when it comes to election season. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I still don't understand why, but I'm I'm pretty sure you. Electoral college mm. is racist. <laughs> Electoral college is racism. That's why. I was in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In a probably, nutshell, right, that's we could probably write a paper about it, but that's that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you um are from Iowa, and your mother is white, mm-hmm. and your stepfather you, you he's basically your father for yep, absolutely okay. that's my dad. He's white. Yep, a white dairy farmer from Wisconsin. A white dairy farmer from Wisconsin, <laughs> and he married a. A woman who had a, a black, black child. child. And I was fiery. Like, How old were you when you? Uh, I was five. I think I just turned six, actually. They got married in June, so I just turned six. I didn't like him. What do you think it was? Um, so my mom lived with my aunt before, and my aunt has a biracial child as well. We're like... A, a year and some change apart. So we grew up as brother and sister those first five years of my life. Mm -hmm. I was removed from the only Mm -hmm. safe place I had and the only reflection of Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And then they had, you know, they had their own kids and I was just like, oh, bet. So nobody's gonna look like me and nobody's Mm -hmm. gonna care about my feelings and nobody knew what to do with my big feelings. Right. And, uh, you know, it's growth is beautiful in everybody because my father and I have this conversation now because he's like, I did it wrong. Mm. Like, wow. he's like, you were hard. So I came hard right back at you. Mm. I'm like, but me still to this day, you're going to come at me hard. Like, I'm going to be like, that's real cute. You're going to lose. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. So you didn't at the time recognize, of course, you were five. You, no way you recognize what you were actually feeling. I you didn't just, have words for it, right? but I definitely knew what it was. And it's not that, you know, there's a bunch of nuances mm-hmm. with having, whether it's through adoption or wh- whatever way you form your family, mm-hmm. for having, for being white and having a child of a different color, mm-hmm. there's a lot of nuances that parents don't and probably can't think about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was just a lot of gaslighting my feelings and emotions when I did try to conceptualize them and my feelings it Mm -hmm. was like why would you feel like that like no blah 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 blah. like this is how it is we treat you that way because you're this way so then like it all it was my fault all of a sudden Mm. so you know there's I do I I get in trouble for this but um (laughs) 
I get really bothered when white people adopt black children. Woo. Okay. Woo. <laughs> Donna, you know, take us off YouTube. That's it. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. I struggle with that as well. Not just necessarily black, white, any. Yeah. It's a struggle for that kid, I think. Mm -hmm. and, it, and, and I don't know a single child that has that type of relationship, either through adoption or that hasn't, and every, every kid has issues, but it, it, I feel like there's, a, there's a something relating to identity and having a place and belonging mm -hmm. that, they, that they seem, that there, there seems to always be a void no matter mm -hmm. what. Yeah, and that's, yeah, I struggle with it too. Um, but I, you know, I also understand the well intentions, right, of doing it, but sometimes it's the misinformation and believing that it doesn't matter. Like you're, you're that's a good the point. fact that you're black. The love white, is enough. The love, right, I love you and that's all that matters. That you're not, you know, equipped enough to say, I need to make sure that she or he is around people and around things that they can identify with because that that's who they are. Representation. Exactly. That's why it's so important. Exactly. I, like, Especially formative years, five, six, seven, eight, you know. Specifically in right. formative years. Like uh, the show This Is Us, the writers, like whoever they are, they're genius because they really brought to life um do you, are y'all familiar with the show is that the cnn like, thing is it on tnn NBC. nbc okay so it's three triplets like well there was two triplets one died and then this black baby ended up at the hospital and since they had just lost their third child they just added him so it was two white kids and a black kid growing up as triplets um in his adulthood they did this scene where he found a support group for people of color who were raised in white households. Mm. And when I tell you I sat there and was like, wait, is this real? <laughs> because if I could find somebody that gets, again, yeah. it's that belonging, what you said. Yep. If I could find somebody that I could just go to and say something about my mom, that to you guys might feel like nothing, but to them they're gonna be like, oh, I understand yeah. exactly yeah. where that cut was. Yeah. But he also had to have conversations with his siblings about where they were fucking up. Specifically around, um, that's so sad, there's too many murders that I don't even remember who had passed, but they spoke on it. And he was like, y'all don't understand. Like, you're sad, and then you just go to bed. Right. Yeah. I don't, that's not what happens in my reality, right. you know? So it was, it was such important writing, and I told my family, I'm like, watch this twice. Yeah. Sit with whatever uncomfortable feeling comes up in you. And like... My sister, she's this tiny little pale, pale, pale woman. But she's a G. She's like, I'll sit with it. Cool. Oh, wow. Oh. When did I fuck up? She's nine years younger than me. Okay. So, okay. I mean, so I, I feel confident when I say things like that because I do know what work looks like from a white ally. Mm. So I can confidently say what I say because I know what it looks like on the other side. Let me ask you, this is going to sound real fucking um, <laughs> silly. Okay. But I can't. Did you know you were black? 
Absolutely. So, absolutely. Um, the environment I was raised in would not let me forget. And they mm. told me, I think I was five years old the first time I was called the N-word. So, I think I was sixth grade the first time I was spit in my face. Mm. And, you know, so, like, I was, yeah, there was no option for me to be anything else. So, outside of your cousin, mm. who you grew up with, that was really pretty much the only There was black one other around. girl. Um, she had been adopted by a family friend. We were the same age. We went... We were in the same grade um, that it was me and her. But we, I had very different experiences from both of them, I think, because my reaction to that slap in the face of, like, remember, you're different, was, cool, then I'm going to own this. I didn't quite know what I was doing, but mm -hmm. I literally just stood firm in my blackness. And they just had different paths. Like, for mm -hmm. example, she went back with her kids to the hometown we're from, um, I think two years ago, and her daughters were, like, dancing in the street at some little street dance fair or whatever, and she heard somebody walk by and say, ugh, where did they come from? <laughs> and so she reached out to me. She's like, can you believe this? And I was like, sit down, girl, because, yeah, but I'm shocked that you, that this is shocking to you. Yeah. You know, so like it's just different experiences, but it's survival. Like I can't judge anybody in those environments because you do what you got to do. That's crazy. How did that affect you growing up, like not being reflected in anything around you? What did you what did you gravitate towards without having anything reflecting back? I mean, um, two things. One, that's why I said I realized my worth and value at 37 years old. Yeah. Um, and two, it was a mess because I, love was a concept I didn't get at all because I didn't see it. It wasn't reflected. There was nobody that was looking at me. Like I was not seen. I was a problem, a fetish, or, or I was just a respectable black woman. I made people feel comfortable, the token. And a black friend. I got mm -hmm. a black friend. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that. And there's like, there is an element, I don't know what it's like other places, but I know in Iowa and the Midwest specifically, there is this element of obsession with black men coming from white women. Um, that really leaves black women disregarded in those spaces. That's so Tell me, say, yeah. say that again. So I think there's I, an obsession that white women have with black men, mm -hmm. and it leaves black women disregarded, but like on two fronts. Like we're being disregarded by our brothers, mm -hmm. and we're being disregarded by these women who really don't even, from their core love these men, it's mm. just a status or an excitement, but it's, I can't tell you the number of times I've had white women say to my face, I'm blacker than you just because they're dating the dude. Black. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I've heard that. I literally had a friend, I'm so sorry, well, she was my friend. <laughs> Let me, before I say this, I'm gonna tell a story, but I'm not, I was gonna apologize, but I'm not, because I have any friend outside of my friend who's biracial that I had in high school and college, my friendship, my friendships expired over race. Mm. That I, I said that with my chest. It's true. Every single friendship expired over race. But back to back to the funny thing. Um, my friend was in the bathroom, and I heard her say 
to this black woman that she was blacker than her. And I was just like, she was white. And I was just like, what's happened? So I come out the stall and I'm like, what, what did you just say to her? <laughs> and I looked at the girl and she was just like, you fucking heard her. I was like, yep. And I was just looking at her. I won't say her name, but I was like, boo, I'm, I'm going to be right here to help you fix your face, but she's going to beat your ass. And I can't, I cannot physically tell her not to. And she did. Slammed her in the mirror, slammed her in the dryer. The girl just walked out. But I'm like, you deserve that. Like, what are you, what are you doing? You're white all day, every day. What do you yes. think it is that gave her the... Audacity. Audacity to do that. Whiteness. Well, is it, so... Whiteness so that's synonymous. That's Iowa, right? But it happens here, too. Does it? There's a, yeah, if you go outside of the mm. insulated bubble mm. of D.C., and go into these Virginia, mm. Maryland suburbs, and you Same. go, because, you know, we're DJs, so we see a lot of, like, nightlife, and, oh, and a lot of, interesting. and a lot of it happens, and I look at it, and I, and I, and I see that black women are sort of pushed aside by, by black dudes in favor of, now I can't say all, every subject all the time, but, in favor of these white women who seem to think that acting like what they perceive a black woman acts like that puts them in a position to identify we talked about this before as <laughs> yeah. a black woman like you walk around you dress like a black woman you kind of do what you perceive the stereotypical is right um and it happens a lot and and they are and i don't a lot of times in those spaces that i see it Black women don't understand what's happening. They, you know, they really don't get it. But me looking at it from a different lens, it's it's a it's a weird dynamic, man. Have you ever dated white dudes before? I was married to a white man. Can you guys guess why that ended? Hold on, that, talk about that. That motherfucking that, yeah, that that was. I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that caught me off guard. First of all, I, I, environmentally, I was in Iowa. So, like, there was no black man to Oh, choose. so you couldn't have just found the only black dude? <laughs> you could, he probably would have oh, been, you, like, he probably been like the dude in the tan suit from Get Out. Like, like we well, wouldn't have. Excuse me, sister, can you cut that white girl for me? <laughs> Get her attention. Please. Right. Okay, so you. you, you that white girl? <laughs> So I feel like my mind just got blown out. <laughs> so going into this relationship with 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 your ex husband, mm -hmm. uh, how were you like? Where were? What space were you in in terms of your your reality? Familiar, familiarity was the reason why I even tr pretended that it was going to work. I think. But you um, but you knew deep down. Yeah, and like we've had that conversation um, that we really kind of just got married because it was going to be the best opportunity for both of us to rise. Kind of a business decision. Mm -hmm. But we were married for a month and some change before Trayvon was murdered. Yeah. And the game changed because of where I grew up. Also, like, I really didn't fully... Um, understand all of the violence that was happening on the other side of hate 
because mm -hmm. it didn't happen around me because there was no black people. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, my yeah. access was different. Um, and I just remember turning to everyone I knew with this anger and fear because I have a black child and everybody thought I was ridiculous. Everybody thought I was ridiculous. So I turned to like Twitter. I always say this, Twitter saved my life because black Twitter hit the streets hard when that happened and then after Mike was murdered, I got into, I worked with Campaign Zero, like I was in the weeds of the movement and everybody around me, they was calling me a terrorist. My ex-husband's father literally called me a terrorist. Um, I showed up at Easter one time with just a, a shirt that had the number seven on it and Colin Kaepernick's face was in the number seven. And his brother-in-law was across the table from me, shoved the table and got up because he couldn't stand to look at me in my shirt. So like, it was just- Just a football player. I mean, come on, yo, why are you so mad at my football shirt? But, and it was, a, it was a thing that like, and he's still working on this to this day. He's a great father in the capacity that he sees a father being, but you're the father of a black child. And like, I'm constantly, and it's exhausting, but I constantly have to be like, watch for this. If Isaiah's shoulders shift a certain way, just remove him from the situation. Don't talk to nobody, don't fight nobody. Don't you dare say something angrily toward any white person that's given my son grief, just remove him from the situation because anytime you open your mouth, you're putting him in harm's way. Mm. So what, uh, so did around a time when you said, you know, Trayvon, mm -hmm. was his response to that sort of different than how you felt about it? Or were you guys sort of aligned? He didn't have a response. So I would Complacency think that Complacency and silence, quite literally to me, is way more violent than you saying something bad to my face. I would think that if you married, well... You would think. But they can't... And I... Um, let me not say that, because I'm really trying not to make excuses for whiteness anymore. Um, <laughs> I can empathize with the not knowing for somebody, right? That does not apply to racism at all. I feel like all of us, we've been, our eyes have been open for too long. There's no reason for you not to at least default to what a black person is saying to you if you are not black. But like there was always the, cause people came after me because I was talking. I was loud about this stuff and loud about asking the people that said they cared about me to step up and be, you know, like Rihanna said the one time, like pull up, like where y'all at? And, I would get from him, he would be like, I don't think that's what they meant. Like, can we, like, let's just see if they meant something else. The fuck, no. I'm telling you, no, they didn't. They meant what they said. Like, they're asking questions and poking holes because they're pissed that I'm no longer the token. They're like, oh, this mm. bitch is not following the rules. Like, <sighs> What? <laughs> I'm so, I got some more questions, but I, I but no, you like you want to say something. I, I'm processing, dude. <laughs> okay. I'm literally processing, so please. Uh, I, I, um, so he knew you were black when he, he married you, right? I mean, again, it was no... like I said with the token thing, I think everyone around me, I was a safe black. Mm. But, I mean... <sighs> but yeah, obviously he knew I was black. Here's the thing that always sort of moves me in a weird way. Even if you took, like, in all that's happened, if you took black out of it, mm -hmm. 
right? Mm-hmm. And and these people and children were just murdered and black as I the conversation is still the same. Like it's not blackness has nothing to do with the tragedy and and the crime that that happened. I mean, it's a reason, I guess, right? But it's still a crime of murdering someone, mm. an innocent person that you had no right to take their life. I mean, that's the humanity of the conversation. Yeah. Why, if I'm married to a, I don't know, if he's married to you, then he should understand that as the baseline for any conversation that stacks on top of it. And seeing your response to it, if he's, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm going to leave it. But she knew he was white, too. Yep, and I didn't conceptualize. I didn't know. I didn't know what whiteness really was. Mm, Okay. Because, again, that was, like, my family was all white. But. That line. Because I think that's the. That's the challenge or a big part of it there's so much ambiguity Mm -hmm. around it Mm -hmm. around these identifications and 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 i think it's fine if you lived in a bubble because everybody would just be ambiguous about shit but we've got to go outside of that you know what i mean and like there's this whole other world that says what shit is and responds to you in a certain way. And so when you don't have a clear framework of that, stepping outside of that, it you've got to develop that in real time. Mm-hmm. And and I think what I what I'm hearing you say is like the last 37 years has been an attempt to kind of frame that and understand how you want to show up, who you say you're going to be mm-hmm. and what you're going to stand for cuz that wasn't necessarily clear at all. Yeah. Growing up. Absolutely. Like you I think it's really difficult for a child that doesn't look like their parents to mm. form a solid sense of identity. That's just kind of like the law of nature. Like how can you? How can you possibly find yourself without a reflection of yourself. And I think that vice versa to that too. Like it's hard for yeah, them absolutely. to sort of give you that because they can't. Because yep. reality is they don't see a reflection of themselves either. So they're yep. kind of just guessing how, how to, like how to make said, this happen. Looking at these murders for a lot of white folks, they don't feel an attachment because they don't look like them. Yeah. And, I mean, and my mom has said to me after I moved my child, she's like, should I have moved you? Absolutely the fuck yes, you should have. <laughs> That was your job. But the love was there. I mean, they they cared about you, but they couldn't. But love and care are so very, very, very different. But they couldn't, like, like a lot of our parents, they couldn't really give us what we needed in a way because yeah. they didn't really know, right? Correct. However... As this generation, and even the conversation we were having prior about dropping our kids off at school, like we can say that in an, in in our um, 
validation of forgiveness and saying y'all did the best that you could and I appreciate you. Right. And in the same vein say, but I'm actually I'm actually going to go into the weeds and deal with what you refused to. So mm. I don't have to give my children what y'all gave me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we can say that all day. But as someone who's doing the work yeah. to change things. Yeah. Yep. Because, like, my son said to me one day, like, they tell you to raise these children that can emotionally communicate and it sounds great and pretty until they check you. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was in trouble for a real reason. It's, that's weird for both of us because he's a real good kid. And I say trouble lightly, too. But I was speaking to him and he wasn't hearing me. So I did raise my voice a little bit. I don't yell in my house. That's a hard rule. But he was like, do you think the way you're speaking to me makes me want to respond to you and have this conversation? Mm. You know what? I, I've i had that happen to me, too. And you just have and to be were, like, let me check myself and go exactly. sit down. And they were absolutely right. 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 <laughs> like, you're right. But if we were to operate from the place that our parents operated from, like, oh, my goodness. Who yeah. the fuck you talking Somebody to? Somebody get choked sleep. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah. How do you... You say that your parents poured love into you and you have everything you needed, yet there's this huge gap. They did not pour love into me. They did not? No. I was the forgotten child. Mm. Okay, so do you equate, we're gonna talk about love languages in a minute. (laughs) Um, Do you equate time with love? Explain that. So when I said poured love, I, I think I'm meaning them giving you a recognition of them giving you what you know they were capable of giving. So my source of love in childhood was largely my grandfather, and then it was my aunt. Um, My parents were, they're very different now, Um, but they, they were unwilling to love me the same way they loved my brother and sister. I knew that as a kid, I know that as an adult, and that's why we've had conversations about it as three adults now, but. Why do you think they did? Why do you think they did that? I mean, my perception is because there is so much that sits with stereotypes that are, whose foundation is racism. Realistically speaking, outside of the man who is my biological father, I was my mother's first exposure to black people, like an everyday exposure. I was her first. My stepdad, I was definitely his first. So there was just a, again, an unwillingness to to meet me where I was as an emotional child, an emotional adult, like that didn't change, like jokes on them. They thought I was gonna grow out of it. Um, but like I did again I I can't say that they actually did the best that they they did the best that they could but I can't say that they they gave me everything they could because they I I know they were unwilling to have the conversations because as a child I tried like I would try to write these letters describing how I feel and how much I love my parents 
But as an adult, I realized that I was just saying those things because I knew that's what you were supposed to feel for your mm. parents. Mm. We didn't have that type of emotional relationship, so I was just trying to make it, you know, be a thing. Like, people always say, you know, daughters and their mothers are best friends. I have had to sit in therapy for a lot of hours to realize that is not going to be my life, and I, I have to you. find my way with my mom, you know? Yeah. So, uh... So, a couple things. So, and what you're saying is 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 incredible. Uh, so, do you think that they saw you? Because I think that you know, um, parents um, of a one generation dealing with a child of sort of another generation, and how that child functions, whether it's emotional or empathic or whatever it is, have a hard time making a connection. Sometimes that can spiral into resentment and, and other things. Um, the, the racial element, do you think that they saw you as black first and then their daughter? Or do you think that they understood that their daughter, who was black, is, is not dealing well with the fact that she's the only black person in this white experience and they didn't know how to navigate that that was a lot that's a good question so i do feel fortunate that i know the duality of both of those things right mm. because the latter of what you said is who my parents are right now right i had a conversation with my mom over thanksgiving where i was just saying something like maybe about i couldn't go back into the corporate culture because i don't have a code switch left in me and she said something to the sense of like yeah, I can't imagine what that was like for you. And we just had a normal conversation. And I remember inside of myself being like, holy shit, we got there. You see. We got there. But as a child, I, I don't think they have the verbiage or the vulnerability to admit that they saw me as black first. But mm. like my own sister, um, I think she was 16 years old. We were shopping for a prom dress. And she admitted I terrified her. And I just... My best friend was with me at the time. And she's nine years younger. Nine years younger. My best friend was with me. She's, she's also mixed, but she's lighter complexion. Um, I was like, Cameron, you got to stay with Nora right now because I, I, I need a second. Because all of a sudden, everything I felt as a child was validated. Because this little girl, she didn't wake up thinking her big sister who did her hair for every special event gave her candy, took her places. She didn't, she didn't just wake up and be like, oh, my sister is scary. That was given to her somewhere. Mm -hmm. And if I would have been treated, I guess maybe like her in our family, I don't think she ever would have looked at me with fear. Mm. That's heavy. That's... Talk, you talking about this makes, and thank you so much, by the way, for sharing. I feel like you've got a really good relationship with your story. And um, and that's hard, by the way. Oh, yeah. But sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's cool. And so much of what you have chosen to spend your time doing now, I feel is it's like you took like life threw you shit and you were like, okay, I'm about to take this shit up. I'm about to package it up and I'm about to serve all of this shit out. 
And in the process of doing that, I'm going to heal me. I'm going to heal other people. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm be a better mom. I'm a, you know, like, and that is such an inspiring place to be and to even walk through and visit in my head because I can't imagine having that experience and then getting to a point to where I have the audacity, <laughs> audacity. When I listen to your shit, when you use that word on your podcast, it was it it landed as though this is who you are. You have the audacity to persevere. I mean, I feel like there's no other choice. But I also feel like there is no, I don't operate from a place of looking for this end destination. Like, there is not going to be a day where I'm like, whew. I'm Done. healed. Done. <laughs> Done. <laughs> that, was, that was fun. Yeah. So, like, we have to look at the journey as the good stuff, the juice. So, like, yeah, I just, it's a combination of that. Life is going to be what you make it. And I fully understand now like this is literally something i just woke up with in my spirit about a week ago i understand that i exist and my life experiences have been what they are because it is my purpose to talk about it and let other people be seen or just be like yo it's okay that like you're hurting or dealing with something messy that you can't conceptualize because we all are yeah yep. We're just not always willing to be vulnerable. Yep. To be like, yep. hey, here I yep. am. <laughs> like, yep. yep. <laughs> we say that all the time. All the motherfucking time. And 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 no, and don't beat yourself up for feeling bad. Yeah. Like own it. Like yep. be in it. Experience it. Yep. If you're gonna cry, motherfucker, just ball out. I mean, yep. I love to cry though. So I I, I cried. <laughs> I like to cry too, by the way. I do. But I like I haven't cried. Over no sad shit in the last in a long time. That's good. I only cry. I don't even really think I've had anything to be sad about. I, I don't even really think I've had anything to be sad about. <laughs> yeah, I have had something to be sad about. But it wouldn't really feel sad. It was a happy cry. I mean, and it's also like don't judge your emotions. Yeah. See what I mean when I said like you the algorithm got it right. <laughs> That's wild. The algorithm got Listen, it right. That was a few years ago. Yeah. Instagram streets are different. <laughs> yeah. yeah they do not be giving that's me true. people I really want right. to So, <laughs> how do you, I'm surprised, this is the only thing I can think of that I would do. So I'm going to say what I would do and then <laughs> you're going, I would be like, fuck all the motherfuckers in Iowa. I wouldn't want to talk to nail one of them, yeah. I'd call them all motherfucking racist, which is what I would say in my heart. They, Mama, I don't give a fuck if you mad me. <laughs> this is some bullshit. <laughs> Pop, I appreciate the the, the tractor training, right? <laughs> but I'm out this motherfucker. Right, I ain't never coming back. How have you been able to manage these relationships, feeling the way that you feel about all of this shit? 
I didn't. Um, and me moving my child to be around more diversity was intentional, and I didn't realize what it was going to do for me. Mm. I needed that too. And like, I will gas up black women all day, every day, but I did not know love or friendship until I came here and found my crew of black women. And wow. I cannot ever, ever, like it will make me cry if I talk about it too long, but I can never put into words the power of that love and yeah. community. Like I immediately knew what I was missing my whole life and I immediately realized what I had just given my child. Your tribe. Immediately. Immediately. Yep. Like I had the very first girl I met when I moved here, I had a panic attack at this place we were out and I just bounced because I went to go deal with it. And she's like, okay, girl, call me tomorrow. And I was like, I'm sorry, that's, that's it? Like you still want to hang out? <laughs> okay, that's weird. And just like continuous, like continuous bounce back. Like, yeah, no, go ahead, fall down. Yeah. I mean, we're not gonna let you like fall, fall. Yeah, yeah. But realizing that's what love is and that's what support is, different from care. Mm. Um, I, when I found that, I also had to deal with the fact that I had become the over communicator and over lover for my entire family. Like, I grew up with thirteen cousins. Um, and five aunts and uncles, we all lived together and we were thick as thieves. Um, for the people that I genuinely care about and I could see we're kind of sort of making incremental steps to be better as a white person in this world, um, I had to understand that not everybody's journey is the same and you have no right to dictate somebody's space and pace. Yeah. And um, there like are that. other people that I, that used to be my cousins. Uh, I have a godson that no longer to exists. He's alive, but he's just racist. So my other godson gets double gifts for birthdays and Christmas. Dang. I'm not shy about that. I have, you know, anybody in my family that I, and like my mom will straight up tell you, she'll give me news about some family members. I'm like, I don't give a fuck because they're racist. Mm. What do I care about that for? I don't give a fuck about them having a racist ass baby either. Like A racist baby? The yeah, baby's gonna, racist. If two racists have a baby, that's a racist baby. Two racist baby. racist baby. Racist off the top. Off the like, top. Just, if your mom and daddy are racist, if your mother's racist, right. and your daddy's racist, right. you are, this a is in the Bible. Baby. I mean, think about it. That baby you are a racist baby. Hearing, racist. already hearing stuff. I, I, I agree. I mean, just, I just never now, heard of that before. That's a while. They might not grow up to be a racist, but they're going to have to have they start serious now. internal conversations about how mom and dad were dead ass wrong. That's clean. So I don't think I got the answer. So I'm trying to, how, how, do, I do, it? how did you shift? Coming out here what? and realizing what love was, realizing what it looked like from somebody else. I realized I had to cut some people off hard. I had to remove myself as a pillar of the family. Okay. But then you also sort of softened your, like, you kind of decided to meet them where they are. Yeah. Instead of... Because I was comfortable now. Exactly. Instead, of, uh, instead okay. of going through the extra shit to try to make them love you, like, and being, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I feel like you just, like... Yeah, I, I get it. I but get that's it. the thing. I That's also why um, where I am right now and... Single, and I say that with 
conviction. Like I'm, I'm not judging myself. But hey what man, you stay out said, of stay out of DMs, man. No, but what All what you dudes. just said, I th- I've always thought I have to like make you love me. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, and I just being that. just wasn't enough. Right. Oh no, never. Like where was that in my that. life? Yeah. And that's wild that you know you've experienced like I've always felt like. Uh, and I guess for different reasons, <clears throat> that someone loving you requires you to always be, you're never enough. You're always sort of doing yeah. until you realize, I'm enough, man. If they don't, then right. that's on them. Messy can be lovely. And that, right. And your tribe <laughs> helped you see that. And I'm going to say this, man. I don't know how people take this. I'm, you know, I'm always out, not always out, like working clubs. And there's nothing like a group of black women because they move in a way and they have a rhythm and a spirit and an energy that's so unlike any other group, right? And it's, and it's, it's a sisterhood. It's magic. I like to watch it. And me too. I sit yeah. there and like, watch them. Yeah. It's magical. And they don't really even realize what they're giving. I mean, it's like, spark, it's, it's, it's something about a man and they love, I mean, Granted, they messy and shitty, just like everybody humans. else all the time. Humans, <laughs> but there's something about how they love, like older ones, how they love on the. It, yes, absolutely. That's why I love being around here and like the festival culture of this area because you get to interact with so many different yeah. types and ages of Black women. But there's always that like it's like a zing when you talk to somebody like them. It's just yeah. You have, um, gotten to an awesome point in your life, I feel like, based on what you're saying. And you're not saying that it's perfect, but you're saying that it's perfect. Kind of like at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) For for a biracial girl or boy in a situation. Like, is there any type of like advice you could give or for them to who are feeling like they don't understand what the other side looks like or what the path is? That is the book I'm working on. Mm. And it's been written for a year. My struggle is understanding the hurt it is going to cause everyone that helped collectively raise me. Change the names. No, it's not their stories, it's just my story. It's gonna hurt when they realize, there's two things. It's gonna hurt when they realize how broken I was and nobody came to get me. And two, I know there's gonna be an element of like, I'm going to have to, no, I'm not going to have to, but there's going to be a request that I defend my truth. Mm. And I'm not gonna do that. That's what I was gonna say, well. yeah, and that's because I know I'm not the only one. And there's not a biracial woman I meet that doesn't get what I'm saying. So, And there's nothing out there for us because there's the other side where we're really just supposed to be quiet because we, we have the best of both worlds and they ain't shit to complain about. At least that's, the, that's the story. That's yeah, the story. that's the narrative. Yeah. So, but yeah, because I, I wrote a little children's book too, um, real simple. And it's just when I see me and it's just this little girl seeing herself and like 
the post office man, like the doctor, like a teacher. I've never had a black teacher. Mm. Like I never had a black garbage man. Like nobody black checked out my groceries until I moved here. So like, so you <laughs> so black checked out my groceries. So I'm just saying. So simple where things. you going? I ain't met a nigga at my grocery store yet. Right. They all white and and Hispaniola. I'm fucking with you. I'm kidding. Uh, that was so bad. So you, when you went to college, you uh, so even running track, you well. So my freshman year, I was the there was a senior leaving. So there was two of two black women on the track team. I know that's bogus. That's the wildest thing I ever heard in my life. And like, I my best friend to this day, my coach knew how important it was and was like, hey. Got a new, another mixed girl coming on the team. Like, you excited? I'm like, oh, cool. So we go to, like, the orientation meeting. I go in. And I'm like, fuck, she didn't come. She was, and then I saw her at practice, and I saw her hair. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's you. And I immediately had to, I had to deal with the fact that I just kind of participated in dismissing her as a black woman because I didn't see it at first. Mm. And that was new for me because, Mm. I'm in the middle too, but yeah. she was a different variation of the middle. And there was, so, you know, I've always been very protective of her and I've apologized to her. Like, yo, I'm real, real sorry. It took your hair for me to realize you were a black woman. Do you, do you, do you see a middle? Like, no, that, okay. I do not. Is there, is there one though? We try to force there to be one. I think. And what is the middle? If, if you, if, if I can't tell. If you got to tell me. No, no, no. I'm thinking the middle is even being. Yeah, I think the middle is just mixed. Biracial. The biracial mixed tag. Yeah. If I was biracial, you would never know. See, exactly. that's something I learned when I moved to D.C. too. It's like all these men and women that I was friends with. And like, oh, both of my parents are black. I'm like, but we, you're lighter than me. Because <laughs> if, if all we doing is looking at paint jobs, bro. Right. Like, exactly. But that's really what's going on. Yeah. Because my mother, black father, black Mama yeah. is lighter than her. Yeah. And it's a lot of that. I mean, shit, we light-skinned people are here because of Bob. I mean. So, slavery, so, so the middle. Slavery, so slavery I thought. We know the story. Exactly. I thought the middle was if, if you have to tell me. No, I don't think no, so. No, that seems. I mean, the middle is the middle, right? But then you have a spectrum in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but the middle is the biracial. Yeah, I would so say you that. speak to okay, and then there's a spectrum in the middle of a little more looking, leaning a little more white, and then leaning mm-hmm. a little more mm-hmm. black. Because I know some really kind of brown people that mm-hmm. are that are biracial. Mm-hmm. You, if you if you said hey, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't unless you told me. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't know you was you cut up. Like the first six months living here, nobody knew. Right, and I kind of didn't want to like. Right. Tell anybody after a while. I was like, oh, y'all really just accepted me? I know you get Spanish. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Anytime I visit the Dominican, yeah. folks just start talking to me. I'm like, I, thank you. Maybe Ethiopian? Always Ethiopian. There's not an Uber driver on these streets that doesn't tell me about their daughter named Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a Ethiopian name? I mean, a common one? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, so are you sure? Yes. <laughs> are you sure? Uh, yeah. Clean beauty. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about that. 
So that came into play because um, I had a mentor that was getting into the clean beauty space, and I was just like, what is this? Like, is this real? What's going on? And she sent me something that said 75% of the personal care products marketed to black women specifically contain ingredients that are harmful to our health. And I was mm -hmm. like, <laughs> 75, so all of them? Like basically, say all of them. basically, right. might as well. And the worst right. ones are like hair products. I'm like, but it's the most violent, quiet act, I think. And I started a blog about it, realized quickly from business owners in that space already, because black women have been making clean products. Mm -hmm. They just didn't call them clean. They just, whether it was a sourcing thing or whatever, it's just a lot easier to get a big old chunk of shea butter than, you know, to be a chemist in a lab. Yeah. So, so t explain what clean product oh, yeah. is. Yeah. So like um, clean basically is like not containing any ingredients that are carcinogenic, cause cancer, mess with your hormones, endocrine disruptors, things like that. So clean. And it's wild that that is even a thing. <laughs> should, it shouldn't be anything. It's like food. Right. Yeah. Like food. Facts. And yes, exactly like food, because European standards are so different than the U.S. Like the EU had, I think they had banned like 1,300 ingredients for the longest time. We banned 23. They just added like 1,400 more. Meanwhile, the United States is like, but like, that just means companies are making the products cleaner in other countries. Yeah. And then they just dump everything over here. Yeah. But I started a blog, realized a lot of these women that were making products already were, they were so gracious. I was in this lane and educating people that I just had a mentor that was like, get your 501c3 and become a nonprofit. And I was like, you can, I can just do, do that. And so I did. So I, because I always thought, and listening to some of the interviews that you've been in, participated in and stuff, and what it is, I, I always looked at beauty as just like some superficial kind of thing that women just spent too much time and money yeah. on. But listening to you describe the purpose of it, and it, it, it seems to, it makes complete, there's a health aspect to yeah. it. Like, it, it's generational type shit it, that's... And also, like, your skin is an organ. Like, it's no different than somebody having a conversation with a friend, like, yo, you need to detox your liver. You've been going too hard on the alcohol lately. Like, but we, do you, have you ever, like, purposefully picked up a fruit or vegetable or put something on your skin for the health of it? Yeah. Oh, nobody tells you to do that. Like, right. we don't, our skin is out here doing the most and we're just like... You're just doing your job though, so why I need to do nothing? Like, who gives a shit? Like yeah, as long as are you dry? Okay, right. then just some folks do that. Like some Vaseline on it. No, don't do that, please. Petroleum, straight petroleum. That's why I just <laughs> in the word that it's on the can. It's like it says petroleum. <laughs> but we all got a big jug of. So you've got the the clean beauty piece from a financial sustainability perspective, what all do you have your hands in? Too much. Um, too much because I'm still trying to find my sweet spot. Okay. 
So the clean beauty piece, uh, what do you actually do? Are you, do you make products? Do you just no. sell products? Are so you? we, we're education forward. So we educate, you know, via the internet and blogs, but we also um, do, we go in and talk to groups of young women. Like we were just at Howard with, um, with her campus, their group. And we went in and talked to the girls, just told them like, here's this information. Like, right. and I'm, I'm firm on the, there's no judgment, but like, it's not fair for you to be in the dark. Right. So here I have this power of knowledge. But these babies, man, they they're hungry and they're interested. Yeah. Oh, really? I was floored. Me and hmm. one of my board members were there and we both were like, damn, we got to do more of this cuz they were like asking questions and what can we do? Can we make our own products? Like what's mm. going on? Like it was just so powerful to see that but you know, these, these, this younger generation really gives a whole lot of fucks about themselves and each other. Yeah. And that's very apparent, I think, in having those types of conversations. So you, um, so you got that piece of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, your question. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> so I do that. You know, I, I hustle wine on the side because I drink it, so why not? <laughs> I'm too Trump. You selling wine? I'm too Trump. Not quite, but. Um, my main vein is I do social media and YouTube product. Well, I'm the managing vein of our YouTube production and social media for a company that I literally just started volunteering with five years ago because I was interested in her mission. She came out the gate and she wanted to, she worked in HR and DEI for a long time and she just decided there was a lane for a black woman to, to teach corporations the right way to, um, approach diversity recruiting with the aim of it just being fucking recruiting. Mm -hmm. And the other side of it, she's a career coach for historically underrepresented folks. Mm. So there's the duality there that she created. And I just, when I moved here and left the corporate space, getting the energy of this area, getting the energy of black people, I went to my an interview that it was an offer that everybody in my life really was angry at me for turning down. But I remember walking out of the interview, seeing the boardroom of just only white people around the table. And I was like, I actually, I, I don't have it in my spirit anymore. Like I'm too broken to come back to this. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna have to find it on the other side. So I volunteered with her, I waited, you know, till she grew, could become paid position. I've continued to grow with her. So I do that. I've done social media for other folks. I work help with another DEI thing. They are focused on inclusion at the playground. Start with the babies. What does DEI stand for? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Oh. So I, I don't know. I do whatever as long as it speaks to my spirit. Nice. My goal though is to literally just make money off of Hannah in my essence. Like I want to go talk to people. I want to. I want this book to just. Put take me on all the vacations I want to go on. You know what I mean? I don't want to ever, I will budget and hustle to avoid doing anything that doesn't elevate my spirit. I love that. Yeah. But I feel like I'm teaching my kid that too. Yeah, yeah. He, can, he sees it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't think anything. I'm like, I'm gonna shut the door, I have a podcast interview. He's like, all right, duh. Yeah. So I have to wait to make food, yes. <laughs> like, you know, but he understands, like, not the hustle culture, because I also believe, like, that's just so unhealthy. Yeah. Like, sit your ass down and rest, please. Yeah. You don't yeah. always have to have your, like, 
I don't know about y'all, but like when I watch a TV show, I'm like, please put your phone down. Like, don't you want to watch this? And yeah. Rewind it ten times. Yeah. Like, that what, are we, what are we yep. doing? Yep. <laughs> um. What have you? Uh, how has raising how has how has the responsibility of raising a black boy? How's that shifted your relationship to your blackness? Um, he introduced me to my blackness on a level that I could conceptualize it. And I say that because I, when he was little, like maybe three, I used to straighten my hair every Thursday. I could tell you it's because it was easier to deal with on the weekend or I wouldn't have to like travel with products. I could make whatever excuse in the book, but really it was, and I still struggle with this belief to this day that I'm more accepted and prettier with straight hair. I still think that. Like, you still, I still do? straighten my hair. I'm like, oh, girl, you look good. I'm like, no, you looked good yesterday, too, though. But he taught, I say he taught me that because he was three and he recognized that I had that pattern. And he was just like, why do you do that? And He I asked had, you that? Yeah, I had to face that reality. Because he was a kid that, in his mind, he was just a locked human. He started asking for locks at three. I said no until he was five and realized I was actually hindering his identity and it had nothing to do with me. But I was just afraid of what the world was gonna think of him. But his confidence in his blackness since a youth Mm. taught me like, Girl, you better correct yourself because this child is showing you yeah, up. Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And his dad is white? His dad, his biological dad is black. His biological dad is mm-hmm. black. Okay. We went in college. He's a football player. So my child not playing sports is irritating to everyone around except for me. Right. <laughs> I got so many questions, man. <laughs> like, I, just, we, I feel like we're. Please, with love, we invite you back. Because yeah. I don't think, because I, I, there's just so much. I received that. And I'm just an inquisitive person by nature. And so I could just, because I, I find, what I always remember, one of the things that I find interesting about your story is the relationship to the blackness. Right. And how that's just been something that I've always lived with. I've never not had, and it, it, I'm not saying you haven't, it was just a different relationship yeah. to it. And I had to actually, all I grew up around was black folks. So much so to where I didn't like it. Like I didn't have any positive mm. black people I lived around. Everybody so dope. Everybody was shooting. Everybody was robbing. Everybody. This was my mm-hmm. bubble of blacks. And if you wasn't doing any of that, you were struggling. So, and those people were struggling too. But to to know that you like were growing up in this space where you were the only one. And then having to come around and 
and learn aspects about it. We might not necessarily be too different now that I think about it as I'm saying That's it out loud. Mm, it just looks different on the surface. Yeah, because yeah. the challenge, yep. I didn't start loving black until recently. Like, I thought it was just a gang of niggas just being niggas. That's what I was going to say. There's a lot of stereotypes yeah. that like kind of dirty our perception of what black is. I think yeah. we're just getting like, I don't know if y'all see the frolicking, black people frolicking thing that's going on right now. I have. But I started love with the get started with pushing, the dude. We're pushing the the narrative of what black is and looks like, mm -hmm. which is just human. I but wish it was a dude. <laughs> I think it started with that was a gay dude who was frolicking, right? It actually started like two years ago. Somebody frolicked on oh, TikTok, shit. but but now it's now it came back. And maybe so it might have been. I don't uh, even know. Does so, that matter? Yes. Why? <laughs> because I would have rather a straight man frolic. Not to say that's more revolutionary to that's me masculinity in my mind. Yeah. So I'd rather, mm -hmm. I think it's doper for, for perceived straight dude to go out and frolic and own that shit and be like, yeah, I frolic and I'll bust your goddamn head <laughs> as I frolic, <laughs> as opposed to a, hey, I'm frolicking. And then like, cause that, that's almost, I hate I said that, but I said it. But to me that, cause that's the, to me that's the pattern disruptor. That's the mold breaker. That's the, that's the mold breaker, watching a black straight man. And it's one of the reasons why we talk and do the things that mm -hmm. we do here is because of the pattern disruptor. Mm -hmm. We want there to be a new version of what black men talk about, reflect on, mm -hmm. that's outside yeah. of just these traditional norms. There's a lot of, so I think there's like this, this collective kind of awakening within the black community. Black women right now are healing themselves and elevating in a way and at a level I ha I've never seen. It's, it's a myriad of, you know, COVID causing us to self-reflect versus what's going on in the world and realizing that joy is resistance. There is a need for black men to not be threatened by that growth, but instead turn to their vulnerability piece because you gotta be really vulnerable to frolic. I say that because I've frolicked and it takes a little bit for you to release, but there's a reason why these people are smiling and joyous once they do it. It's cause like, you're like, it's like the biggest fuck you to the world. Like, nah, I'm gonna frolic my black ass. <laughs> like, but you have to be really vulnerable to do that. But wouldn't that be, so I'll give you an example. Do you know how vulnerable I have to be in order to take my hat off? Really? You would never know that. Fair enough. But I don't like the way that I look. Mm. So I put on my hat and I use this as a form of a hood to cover up my face. So a lot of times when we're, I have to be vulnerable in that way, but I also gotta be self-aware enough 
to, and comfortable enough to let people know that that is how I'm being vulnerable. Because, it, because vulnerability won't necessarily, it's the same with my smile. I hate when you see me smiling, that's me being vulnerable. Because normally, uh, without me covering my face up or doing these kinds of things, nigga got to get his teeth worked on, working on it. But that's a, that's a challenge that it's something that I'm, I struggle with that, I, that, I, that I'm too mindful of that I want to eventually just put my arms down, take my hat off, and just be. Let me challenge that. Okay. Are you using a lens of vulnerability for like, like it's it's um like what you're saying to me? Yeah, that is vulnerability. With other people, the true vulnerability, and I think the true change is when you can go in the mirror and actually smile at yourself without your hat and be like, "Man, I fucking love you." But like, look in your own eyes yep. and say that, and it feels too stupid and terrible until like until you catch yourself without your hat and you're like, "Hey." hey. And, and that happens. And that happens sometimes. See, but that's 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 the journey. It, yes, but I don't necessarily have to frolic. But you haven't frolicked, so you can't even say that. You should frolic without your hat. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pass. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy part is, actually, I've, I I envisioned me frolicking. I didn't like the way that felt. So uh, I'm going to politely just oh, say you can do it. <laughs> I think you can get out there and, and, and frolic, bro. You can I start with skipping. You can start with skipping. Really? Skipping? Yeah. When's the last time you skipped? <laughs> I skipped yesterday. Did you really? Absolutely. Why? Why? Because it was beautiful. There was Caribbean music playing. And, and you started skipping. You started skipping. Yeah, why not? See, it's a different vibe coming from I you. skip in front of my son all the time, too. And you're a woman. You're supposed to skip. Yeah, this is a different vibe. Dudes can't home. skip. Grown, I, I reject all of that. Grown, yeah, you, we, yeah, we do, too. <laughs> we do, we do too. We was just I kidding. It all. I but reject it's, it But it's still a fact. <laughs> it's still, look, no, what I'm saying so is really, this. You guys just haven't surrounded yourself with people who are willing to skip. True. But what I'm saying is that, yeah, our friends are really fucked up. But here's the thing. If someone saw you skipping, yeah. they look at that differently than if someone saw him skipping. At a festival. Yeah, that's fair. Like if your friends walked up to you and said, oh, she's oh, skipping. She must be having a good time. If our friends walked, if we walked up and saw him skipping <laughs> at a festival, it'll be received way differently. differently. What's your thoughts on LGBTQ stuff? Since we're talking about frolicking. I had to deal with a lot of anger after I moved here because nothing disappoints me more than to see people who have such an intimate relationship with oppression continue to further oppress our own folks and another group of folks. Mm. My thoughts on it are why is it a topic of conversation? Outside of gaining a true equity for them as well, because as black people, I don't know why we're talking about it because we're talking about our brothers and sisters. Like, why do we have to, why? So, I equate to kind of this. My family is very Irish, 
they believe truly that there was a level of um, synergy between the oppression they faced when they came over versus black folks. Obviously, we know that's straight bullshit mm-hmm. because of the obvious things, but also like <laughs> Irish did step on the backs of black folks because they were no longer the bottom rung in America. I think there is an element of that within the black community and LGBTQ+. It's like, oh, we can actually push you further down and I can feel like I'm a little bit better than somebody. I don't like that. Do you, uh, so, I'm glad we finally got somebody here that we can talk other than just me and this motherfucker. So, <laughs> Ouch. no, because we, we think yeah. there are a lot of similarities in our thought pattern. And, I, and I, so, there were always gay people when I was growing up. There's always been gay people, period. And they were gay. Like they like, were gay. Outwardly? Out, outwardly when you gay. were growing up. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 So, and, and, and so this is where Women. I'm kind of going with the okay. choir director, mm-hmm. always sugar in the tank. Really? <laughs> Full so, tank. So like wow. we just went back so many years. So well, he did. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was coming too. That's why <laughs> I said it. I don't be, see, but so. <laughs> How are we going back? It's just words. I don't, I no, love. No, that actually is one of the least offensive things. Thank you. I don't want to be, really okay. So. Stay tuned, it get worse. Yeah, so, <laughs> choir director, always moist. See? <laughs> just like that. It I, just so I don't mean these, in, like, this is just how we talk. <laughs> it's, just, it's a I safe, yeah, continue. like, we're going to create this for me to say homosexual. <laughs> oh. say gay. <laughs> I'd say homosexual at work. I could say gay. Yeah. So, I'm going to say moist. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but gay. There were all, if I asked my gay in the family, I'm not saying that these things were necessarily celebrated, mm-hmm. but they were accepted right. as just a part of, mm-hmm. yeah, in the black community. But have you ever asked those people if they felt they probably acceptance. They, 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 they probably did not, because yeah. I, I, they probably did not. But, but what I'm saying is, I think that there's been this narrative that's been thrown over top us, us meaning black folks, about what we're doing and how things are taking place in in the community. I'm not saying that there wasn't room to improve, but. The narrative that we were whooping motherfuckers' asses and shit and kicking them down the street and not opening the door and doing all of this shit. Not from my right. not, not not from my standpoint. That doesn't mean that they weren't leaving those spaces and being treated poorly in other areas. But I, and I'm going somewhere with the so that's number one. Number two, I think the reason why it's a topic of discussion for me is because Similar to a lot of people, I have a strong association with my gender. It's a, it's a, it's a large part of my identity. Um, and I like that right now for today. And the idea that people come along and say things like Gender doesn't matter because my issue is never with an individual, even with a white motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about a singular white person. Mm-hmm. 
they are immaterial in the grand scheme of things. Same with a gay person or a trans person, an individual, my, my, my beef is never with an individual. So when I'm speaking to an individual about something, it, about their piece of it, it's more about the overarching theme of it, or, what I'm, or at least what I feel is being heard, kind of like what's going on with Dave Chappelle. So if gender didn't matter, it's like saying that race doesn't matter. Who says gender doesn't matter? These are thoughts and stories that I've heard about it's all fluid and it's about all binary and, and these things. No. And so well, that doesn't mean that it doesn't matter, though. I do think that gender is. It was originally defined in too much of a limited scope. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if I wore a dress, I'm still a dude. Right. And like, why do I gotta be a girl? You, you don't. Like my my that's the thing. Not the thing. My son. Like when his hair was long, like older gentlemen or women would come up and always be like, oh, I hope you guys are ladies. Ladies are having a good day or something like, and would just assume since his hair was long that he was a woman or a little girl. And when they would realize he was a boy, they would immediately like profusely apologize. And Isaiah's always just been like, I don't care. Yeah, my son has yeah. locks too, and the same thing. Like, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but so, so there are two things. There is, you know, there is understanding that, you know, and recognizing that, you know, that they exist. Right. I mean, and they have the right to exist however they want to exist. But then there's also the like understanding that like you can feel like gender matters to you mm -hmm. without it being um, without you without you saying dismissing their existence, right? And I think that's yeah. the disconnect. Yeah. So I could say you know as a man I'm I'm a man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying even if I wanted to wear a dress I'm still a man. Yep. Right, but you could take that to mean that I don't recognize that you feel like a woman in a man's body, so therefore you don't see gender the same, or you think that gender is fluid. Mm -hmm. You could take offense to that, and that's the for me that's the disconnect. Why can't I believe what I believe? You exist how you exist. I'm not going to treat you any different because that's do your thing. I don't, you know, maybe. And, and vice versa. Yeah, maybe fluid is not correct i think maybe it's better to say gender is on like a spectrum because like if you guys fully identify with being a man then obviously you're on this end of the spectrum there's a you know there's there's uh, other folks along the way but what am i i'm identifying with the fact that i got a prostate mm -hmm. that that that's what i mean when i say like a man i guess we could just say that that is your individual attachment to what a man is. Your prostate. Really what a man is? Because like, for example, when a woman gets a hysterectomy and, 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 and there's a lot of psychological healing that has to happen because a lot of women no longer, or they have to get their breasts removed, like whatever, like they don't feel like they're a woman anymore. Those aren't the defining factors of a woman though. So, but, so 
so and so I think I'm saying I oversimplified it. My <laughs> my my biology is how I show up, how I dress it up mm-hmm. is going to vary. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm still a man. But what if you were born biologically a man, mm-hmm. but your your spirit is not a man? Like you're, I'm just saying, like not everybody is going to identify with their you know parts the same way that you do. You just happen to be born the way you identify. So Rachel Dolezal was born white, but she don't feel like she's a white woman. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. But hold on, no. That's not legit? No, absolutely not. You can't self-identify race. But you can self-identify gender? You sure can. How? Somebody told you that, Hannah. Somebody told you that you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, right? Someone gave you, you the audacity to say that the other thing can't exist. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, you know how long somebody said you can't do that? You know how long somebody said you cannot do that until they said you can? You so, mean like become, having a black president? Because they told us for a long time that could happen. Yeah, but so I guess what I'm saying is <laughs> hundreds of years went by when they were like, if you born a dude, you a dude. I, if we go way, way, way back, like motherland history, cultural beliefs, deities and such really had no gender. And there were people in between on different ends of the spectrum and all over. So <laughs> we no, we changed the narrative. So can so can Rachel identify as Fuck no. Okay, but why, why, why can't she though? <laughs> but why can't she though? If I feel why like I'm born, be so fucking bad. <laughs> Hannah, if I feel like I'm a girl, why can't Rachel feel like she black? Honestly, let's remove. Let's remove what's socially acceptable, right? Let's remove. Let's remove what's socially acceptable for the for the sake of this for the sake of this uh, example. If if one is fluid, why can't the other be? Because she has no melanin. But, so black is based on melanin? To a certain extent, absolutely. I- but if you, but if you but hold, dude, so, you- so now we going somewhere. So, so now we going somewhere. Race, so black is based on melanin. Yeah. So wow. you have, so let's say, let's say both of your, let's say both your parents are black. But you don't have melanin. You do. Are, are you still black? Yes. Okay. You do have melanin. Melanin obviously is a different level in all of us. Ra- Does Rachel have melanin? No, her parents are white. Rachel has no melanin. She got freckles. She, hold on. One, Rachel has no melanin. Rachel got melanin. She's just melanin deficient. <laughs> you mean in the, the absence of melanin? Yes. Well, she, she's deficient highly in melanin. She's European, so she doesn't have melanin. Europeans don't get, have melanin? No, they're bad. No, they burn. They don't get brown, they just burn. Okay. So, it's, so it's based on biology. So being black is a biological thing, is what you're saying. 
But being thank you. A, that's a good. That's but a good being, one. but if I'm a man and I'm saying that I'm a woman, I don't have ovaries. No, or, being black is like your family tree, ancestry. Like, can you trace yourself back and find a black person? I don't gotta go that far. Rachel can't. Where where they at? How are you black if there's not one black person in your family tree? How are you black if ancestor DNA comes back? And I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Because for a black American, I'm irritated with this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is a challenge. I'm sorry. We about to move on. No, it's fine. For a black American, I feel like a large part of what we feel makes a person's black person black is their experience. That would make me not black. Mm. So, I'm saying a large part. No, that is that's a real thing. So, so I, it's like I thought it was a real thing. Did you grow up like me? Mm-hmm. Did you struggle the way that I struggled? Did you persevere all of these things that I had to persevere? Like, there's this commonality that we feel like, and this one of the reasons why we, when there's a when there's a white boy in in the hood who mm-hmm. grew up since birth and everybody cool with everybody. You see this motherfucker say nigga every now and then. Oh, he's no. kind of... He's kind of... Y'all let him? I don't. I don't let him. But what I'm saying is I've Why? seen it. Why? Because he's white? What if yeah. he identifies as black and he wants to use that word because he identifies as black? What about Fat Joe? Does he get to... Puerto Rican, they're black. But he, but he don't have no... See what I'm saying? It starts to get tricky. No, it doesn't because the family tree is still a family tree. Fat Joe's family tree by- is black. He's Puerto Rican. It's got to be black. Where, where else did he come from? Puerto Rican the slaves. How did, how did the Caribbean get populated like, on a ship? I'm not articulating myself right, so, so which, which is leaving a large gap. Mm-hmm. But there's two things. There is, there, there, there is a, uh, a, a hereditary factor, and then there's also a biology factor. Like... To be in, and it is tricky and it's dicey because they're always outliers to, like you always say, it's not, it's logic, it ain't math. There's always outliers to all of these things. Yeah. But by and large, it, it fits in this thing where it's biology and then there's, um, then there's family lineage. Those both things have to, to exist. Yeah. But the conversation was, though, if you, if you have none of those, can you identify and to the flip side of that, if you have none of the biological trait of the opposites of the gender, can you identify? You can identify because that's a feeling. Wait. That... So y'all understood when I said that the white girls were saying I'm blacker than you and we all collectively understood how fucked up that was. Absolutely. 100%. Rachel. 100%. You can't believe that side of it and still let this woman run around saying she's black. So th- these are cultural, societal norms that we are responding to. If we if we if we look at the logical piece of it, race is man-made. That's not a biological thing. There isn't a Puerto Rican gene, right? There isn't a there isn't a black gene or a or a white. These all of that kind of shit is just man-made. Okay, so yeah, actually that's important. And to come back to folks who maybe are uh, identifying the trans community. Their genes and their DNA do look different than yours or yours or mine. As straight, they do. 
Absolutely, that's okay. how that works. The chromosomes and all that. I'm not a scientist, so please don't come for me, anybody. Oh, you know they will. But yeah. The sure. seven people that we it's watch cool, our joint. I have two friends that are scientists, so I'm just going to okay. deviate to them. Right. Okay. Um, Make sure you tag them. Cause, but, uh, right. Like, here, y'all, this is for you. Um, but no, there is, there is, we're all biologically created in some capacity individually. Just because it feels like something new to larger society and people don't want to sit and be uncomfortable with the fact that what they've thought for a long time isn't as black and white as they think. That is no demographics responsibility to fix. It's ours to be more open, to be more educated, to be more vulnerable and deal with our shit behind closed doors. So when we come out in this world, we're not hurting somebody. Well, that, I think that that's absolutely true. But I think that goes both ways. I think there is, like like he said, if, if you feel like your gender sits here, like I'm a man, no matter what happens, I'm going to put on, if I want to put on a dress, I'm still a dude in a dress, right? And then someone f- feels that theirs lies somewhere else then they need to understand where my respect where my lies and and vice versa so we all can have a conversation about what's really important which is the humanity of it like i shouldn't treat you do y'all feel like you're treated differently like by folks who identify as lgbtq oh hell yeah what what does that mean what does that look like because I, I, I don't so well I, I, it, this is a genuine question an individual on an individual basis mm-hmm. This is the thing I was saying earlier. From an individual standpoint, I have never had an issue okay. with an individual. Okay. Right. So meeting a person and sharing our thoughts and ideas, mm-hmm. that's going to be our love for right. the most part. Right. We might have challenges and tension, right. but it's the overarching messaging of a lot of it. So to give you the prime example of like the Dave Chappelle thing, when he's saying what he's saying and People are forcing him to say things in a certain way and then adding these other values on top of it, you know, transphobic, homophobic, all of this stuff. When, when That's what I'm speaking of more than anything. I don't, mm. I don't have real issues mm-hmm. with individuals on a one-on-one basis. That's difficult. I mean, obviously, I think as a society and a country, we're terrible with communication. That goes without saying. Um, I think that gets a little dicey because I've had this conversation, the, the foundational components of this conversation I've had several times with white folks about Black Lives Matter in that, com- you know, the rhetorical all lives matter. Like, why you always gotta talk about race? Cause I'm gonna talk about it till it's better. I think collectively that's also happening with the LGBTQ plus community. When it comes to Dave Chappelle, comedy in general, entertainment in general, um, I'm someone who, and anybody that spends more than a couple hours with me, like, I'm going to hold you so accountable for the word choices you use. Um, that comes from growing up with a brother who is differently abled and having to fight for him. I think sometimes we're too quick to categorize someone with a platform being held accountable as an attack. 
But the truth is we have evolved as people. We have become a lot more accepting to others outside of our pods and our cultures. And when that happens, you really can't go backwards to what was because we're better. Maya Angelou said, when you know better, you do better. I think Dave Chappelle got the heat so hard because he does know better. And he knows he knows better. But he what did he do? What did, 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 and this is what I mean. Like, why do you have to make jokes about something that actually, like, that you just... It's like if a, if a white dude was on stage and said things in a certain way that we all knew was unacceptable for him to speak about black people like that just because, like, if he made jokes about, like, any of the murders or anything on the street, like, anybody that's direct directly in harm's way, like, it's like, but don't joke about that because it's still so new and fresh. Like, it's still happening. We're still dealing with this. It's still harmful. And again, Dave Chappelle's platform is huge. That comes with a certain level of responsibility that I understand you might not always want to deal with. However, you either deal with it or you go do something else. So what's the response to, and, and this is, so even your response on what, on how you're saying, it, this is, this is where I feel the challenge gets from a higher level. Because on a one-to-one -one basis, yeah. there will be no issue. His personal relationships with the trans person, no issues, personal. Now he gets up on a platform and he speaks and someone's saying, I want you to use different language. Even though no, you... Just don't use that. But, but, <laughs> but... It's quite literally not that much different than white folks being told to not use the M-word. Totally different. No. It's totally like, it's different. Like, it's like using the word, the F-word in reference to people who are gay. It's like using the R-word in reference to people who are differently abled. Like, those are don't do it. So, but he didn't say F. He didn't say R. He didn't but say... you know what I mean. No, I do, but that... Like, so he's... I feel like it's a protected group of people where nothing negative... Nothing can be questioned in that space. And the moment you do, it's like saying, okay, I don't believe, I don't believe kids should be given hormone, in, hormone inhibitors or whatever at 12 years old. Let's say I said that and believed that as a Dave Chappelle, right? That's how, what he believes. He didn't say he hates anybody. He didn't say anything negative about anybody. He's just saying, hey, let's wait a little bit older. Let's wait till the kid gets a little bit older so that they can make a, a, a decision, a lifelong, so they can be a little bit more mature when they make the decision. So if him just saying that that's his opinion about it. It wasn't that light, though, was it? No, but I'm just giving an example yeah. of, like, people in the past who have. But you just said that in a very conversational way that's very different than a comedy setting again that's just I think it's just we're not used to being held accountable and we don't like it and, and maybe a part of the accountability is introspection from everybody's side too because Absolutely. I can't it's going to be hard I don't know when I'm going to hurt your feelings, right? And that's, that, but that is such a healthy place to say that. But once you actually say that and mean it, I feel like you're already in a place of like, I'm going to try though. Like I'm going to learn and I'm going to be better. And 
like you bringing up his friend that's that was trans. I think she passed, right? I think his mm. friend passed. Um, it's really not that different than being the token black girl. Like you fucked up by saying something bad, but you're like, but I have a friend who's that doesn't that doesn't negate you from being irresponsible with the the things you say. Did you watch his stand up special? Nah. Okay. I refuse. Really? I'm morally. I'm super annoying because I, I cut shit off. <laughs> what was it? What's your? I don't want to deal with it in 2022. I'm tired. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm tired. Like I'm. I'm no longer like cool. If that's what you want to do and that's who you want to be, that's fine. I'm. That's not. I'm not gonna fuck with you no more. And I really don't want to have the conversation. I hope you find somebody who does. But it's not like I. To a certain extent. I, um, the whole element that we can change the world through conversation, I don't fully believe. I say that sitting here on this podcast, but what y'all are doing is very different because you're already open. You're already pushing yourselves individually and you're bringing other people along in that journey. I can't talk to someone who's severely homophobic or racist and really expect you to ever fucking listen to what I'm saying. It's not gonna happen. There's too big of a divide. You don't even see me as somebody worthy of respect, so why would you ever hear something I'm saying and be like, oh, actually, that's what I needed to hear my whole life in order to be a better person. But here's the thing. I agree with you 100%. But I also think that the, that, that reality exists on the other side. Probably like there true. are some some yeah. LGBT trans that you can't even have a conversation yeah. with without it being yeah. what you just said. So Probably. I think both, and I think to your point, there's a openness about a conversation and questions and things that you that either side don't understand that yeah. that if everyone was open to a conversation, that we can have a conversation, It'd be over. and there will be less <laughs> of the immediacy to be offended because you kind of understand. Where they're coming from. Younger generations are quite literally an example of that. They don't have half of these conversations because they don't need to. They've already just decided, like, either you're cool and we fuck with each other or you're not. But they don't have, like, my son and his friends, like, these blackity black kids don't understand why anyone would ever have to come out to their parents. They don't understand why that has to be a production. Right. Because my child is like, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to bring home my first date and you're going to say yay or nay. Like, I'm not. That's it. Like, is this person a good person? Are you getting treated well? So they don't understand that because they don't. They're immediately so accepting, period, and more of like an energy and a vibe. I know not everyone, but collectively, yeah, the younger yeah, generation yeah. really is. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like. I think we're just the generation to hold it on to something that really doesn't fucking matter. Well, <laughs> and that's the so and that's the piece. It's like going to a white person and telling them them holding on to their whiteness doesn't matter. It does matter to them. And I think there's I think there's room to say I respect the fact that you think you have this value system. And because and I think it starts, at least what I've been trying to tell myself, our, my, our tagline is like, listen, help, heal, repeat. Mm -hmm. It don't say talk, help, heal. Listen, yeah. listen first. 
so a lot of the people that I feel that are talking want to be listened to and heard. And what we end up doing sometimes is waiting for opportunities to, 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 to give our spiel mm -hmm. and about what we think and why we think it. And when the other person is doing the exact same, there's no, yep. right. nothing is actually even being no shared. Change. It's like yep. just, there's no exchange. It's just but bouncing. Comprehension is a part of listening. It right. is. Right. And just because you say something doesn't mean that that's translating in a way that Ooh. I get. I need like 10 more questions that probably. Part. And right. you might, as the person sitting down, start getting frustrated. Without realizing it's not a... Yeah, it's not yeah, an it's attack. Not an it's just me I'm get trying to really yeah. comprehend, yeah. like yeah. the I, like certain things. It's like it's landing in there, like the dots aren't connected. I right. got the shit in my head, yeah. but the thread hasn't connected all of the dots yet. So now it's just it's data. It's nothing really that I can do with it because the shit just isn't connecting in my dome. Yeah, and 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 the the issue is a lot of times that. You know, th those are the sort of, like, we break it down to the individual exchanges we can gain understanding mm -hmm. and all, and listen and, and heal and all that. But then there's a larger societal thing that sort of wants to, to, to give a narrative that there's a right and there's a wrong, and there's a discourse. Mm. But it's really not a discourse. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just that <laughs> narrative exists so that media can, can make money off the discourse. Off the, it, uh, racism and I mean race and the fight there and, and all mm -hmm. those things exist in media to create discourse, to create views. If we get down to the, the exchange part of it and the understanding and we can have these levels of a conversation, as uncomfortable and, and as tense as they can be, there's understanding that's gained from it. Because I genuinely, I truly want to understand that piece of somebody's existence. Like I understand meaning not to judge it in my own, sort yeah. of like running through my own yeah. judging thing, yeah. but just to say, I, I get what you're saying. You know, Even if I don't agree, I get it. I also think that there might be too much pressure on understanding. Do I have to fully understand one to, ex like, to respect and celebrate their existence? Or so, can I just be proud of you for being, for, for finding your essence and being proud of that and putting it out into the world? So I how, I agree, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you get to know who the fuck Hannah is without knowing Hannah's story. I think. That is true. I think, so you don't necessarily, you're not, opening up and sharing under the condition that people understand, you, you open mm -hmm. up because that's a part of just mm -hmm. who you are at that time. And so somebody comes along and says, hey, would you like to be on our podcast? Yeah, sure. So I go back and I start doing all of this <laughs> shit and listening to all of this stuff. And I'm like, this is a really powerful sister. I don't necessarily think I would have gotten that same perspective just looking at pieces of who, of, of who you are. So, so, so I started with an endeavor to understand more about you. 
Do I get it all? Absolutely not. But through that process, it certainly opened me up yeah. and I have developed a much stronger appreciation for who you are. Right. I wish we could do that with everybody because that right there is like, that's, that's the key. The intentionality. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, like, sure, you could think you know me based on what you look like, see real quick. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Right. And even if I don't agree, even if I don't like, that ain't for me. I think, but I still get it. We expect agreement too much. Exactly. Way too much. Exactly. It's overrated. Exactly. Agree, agreeing is, is overrated. Yeah. It's boring. Yeah. Because, because what, I think understanding is more important. Like, I, there's a difference. A lot of times when we're saying we don't agree, we're saying we don't understand. Ooh. That's really what we're saying. Well, we don't want to understand. We don't. There's not a connection. So it's easier to not agree with a motherfucker. Right. It's a lot of work to understand. Yeah. You got to put so. I don't have to. I don't have to have any emotional investment in that motherfucking laptop being silver. It's silver. Period. Right. Period. <laughs> right. Right. But what if I saw blue? Then I'd have to, we live in a world now where I'd have to respect your... No. No, I'm fucking but with again, you. Again, there's another, y'all know that dress that was like black yeah. and blue or something? Yeah. yeah. Old or whatever, yeah. But if you, so that's different, but... Why? It goes back to what I said, we're all wired a little differently so, inside. But, but then... But if you were saying it's blue, I mean, was now blue. I understand. Now <laughs> right. I understand. Yeah. Right. I'm not gonna disagree with you. I mean, I just, you should, because but ugly but I but I understand why you think that motherfucker's blue. Right. I'm not even gonna say I disagree with you at that point. Right. I understand why you think it's blue. Right. I'm not gonna walk around and be like, this bitch is crazy. I disagree. <laughs> like no. <laughs> She called this laptop blue. She called right. his laptop blue. I disagree with that. Right. I'm a tweet Vehemently. About it. Like, no. Oh, God. She's got a glitch in the matrix yeah. and she thinks that motherfucker's blue. So. A glitch in the matrix. <laughs> got a glitch. Um, you used a James Baldwin quote. I love James. And that quote was. Paraphrasing. Of course. James Shelby rendition. Not everything that you focus on can be changed, but nothing can be changed unless you focus on it or something along those lines. I feel like so much of your life and where, how you move, I like telling people about themselves. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> so I'll digest you all the things that I see and then I just share what I feel about like how mm -hmm. you show up. I am so thankful that you are out there and that people get to see you. They might not necessarily connect with the why and you know your story and all of that, but you just, the world is a much better place because you're in it and I just wanted to say Thank you for looking at your shit and not knowing what can change, but having the courage to just look at it all and um, coming on here and sharing and yeah. all of that, man. It means it means a lot to us, to me personally. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you. That thank you. Inspirational. Thank yeah. Inspirational, definitely. I mean, I'll take the validation because one, I know the work I put in to get where I am today, but 
I also understand I'm not special. Like everybody can do it. It just looks scary. Yeah. Really not that scary on the inside. I hear that. <laughs> it just looks scary. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we said the we said the bodies in the closet. Puss. I remember looking back at this one. Look at puss is coming out. Like jeez. <laughs> um. How do you feel? Good. Feel good. Mm-hmm. You coming back? Absolutely. Right. We respected you. Yeah. We, Absolutely. We were cool. I mean, I know you were gonna demand he it. He was but. cool because he's always. You can. I, there's so there. many things that I we I wanted to talk about. That's right. You gotta come back. I mean, I still got. I still got some doozies that'll make y'all roll your heads like what you went through what because we didn't we didn't like you were just dropping them and <laughs> yeah. it was just like yeah i couldn't run behind you fast yeah, enough exactly i mean it's only funny because like i don't know anything else so it's interesting when i do tell people my story they're like wait what what I'm like oh that's not yeah. y'all can't i okay that's right. just me that's wild <laughs> that's wild <laughs> You good? Yeah. <laughs> you still processing? Mm-hmm. Where so. uh, can people find you? All over Instagram. Sippin' Hannah. Sippin' Hannah. Sippin' Hannah. Mm-hmm. S-I-P-P-I-N? S-I-P-P-I-N-H on the end of my name. Don't try me. You Hannah come for him? Hannah with an H. <laughs> two N's. Yep. Two A's. When this airs, it will be your birthday. So y'all can cash at me. So happy birthday. Happy birthday for the day, on the day. On the day. Yep. Let me get a birthday. <laughs> Today is Hannah's birthday. We want to say that we really you appreciate you. Come on. No, I'm not. I'm not. You turn. 38 and you know just what to do. Everybody say turn it up. <laughs> no, turn it up. These kind of relationships make you disturbed when we don't take the time to know what it is to say, to know how to